following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anchu Kana. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined by Anchu Kana. It is Thursday, January 10th. Anshu, we've got some big NFL playoff action coming up this weekend. Huge. This is, in my opinion, the very best sports weekend of the year. Uh, I think you get, you know, you have the top eight NFL teams all playing against each other. Um, It's just the best. So a lot to get to today for sure. And we will definitely get to it. But before we do, I just wanted to mention that this episode of the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. That's BetOnline.ag. Uh, the, all of the lines that we're going to go through with you guys today come from BetOnline. And obviously, we've talked about it before. Uh, but we've got the promo code PODCAST1. That gives you a 50% sign-up bonus. All you have to do is put in our promo code. Again, that's PODCAST1. Or if you refer a friend, you get up to a 200, 200% bonus for friends or family up to $200. Um, Anshu, I know you and I have been using Bet Online the majority of this NFL season, uh, and the, they, they seem to have fair lines and some pretty cool prop bets as well. Yeah, absolutely. You can customize player props. That's my personal favorite. You can tie uh, specific numbers to the lines. Uh, it's just awesome. So we'll, we'll be getting through to some of those uh, throughout the show today, but obviously if you're not a football fan, there's obvi- there's basketball. If you're into futures, like say – you like our Chicago White Sox to make a big run. Uh, you can bet on baseball futures already. Uh, you know, you might want to beat the rush on, say, if, you know, you think Manny Machado might sign there. So betonline.ag is the w- best place to go to for some of those. Do you know what snooker is? Because they have snooker futures. <laughs> I, I Do they really? I, I know what it is vaguely, yes. You can also bet on WWE, which isn't even a real sport, which I absolutely wow. love. Uh, that's great. There's everything. <laughs> if you want it, they've got wow. it. BetOnline.ag. Check them out. But let's get right down to it on shoe. We've got a lot of uh, excellent playoff games, as I alluded to in the onset of the show. Uh, but let's start it off with the Indianapolis Colts. Remember, these Colts beat the Chiefs just a few years ago when Andrew Luck was healthy. They're five-point dogs on the road in Kansas City, and that sure is a tough place to play, obviously. Big over-under at 57. I love everything about this matchup, but uh, where do you see this one uh, shaking out? Yeah, the line mostly opened at 56 as far as the total. It's been bet up to 57. 60%, 66% of bets are on the over from what we see here. Um, so, you know, you can pretty much guarantee this is going to be a wide-open game. Uh, the Colts defense led by Matt Aberflus, obviously we've talked about him a ton here in the last half of the season. But, you know, it's at the end of the day, you're still going up against Patrick Mahomes you got to think that this Chiefs team is going to be ready to go. I know that the Texans couldn't quite get it done at home, but the Chiefs at Arrowhead are a completely different beast. Andy Reid off the bye, you know, it's going to be – there's going to be a lot. There's going to be an explosive – 
probably a point explosion here, I think, on both sides. So uh, I'm not really sure which way to go on this. I lean towards the Chiefs covering the five because five points really for a team like the Chiefs doesn't seem like that much to cover. Uh, so I'll take Kansas City minus five. You got a lot, uh, lean here at all? I like the Chiefs too, and I'm looking at this DFS-wise, and you know Pat Mahomes is the most expensive quarterback of the weekend at $7,000. you have got Andrew Luck at third at 6200 so obviously, I mean, that's through DraftKings that we're looking at. But obviously, when you look at those two, you know, they, they agree that this is going to be a high-scoring game. So I think that a lot of the offensive guys are going to be pretty expensive here. Is there anybody that you can see from a DFS standpoint that has any value here? I, you know, I think that Damian Williams is really interesting. I know Spencer Ware is likely to be back, but you can get Damian Williams at 5,100. And given how he was playing down the stretch – uh, you know, I feel like they found something in him. I, I mean, when they lost Kareem Hunt, you know, it was kind of a question of where they would get that productivity from. And Spencer Ware had a solid game uh, several weeks ago now when he was the lone healthy back, really, it seemed like. But Damian Williams since then has, I thought, looked even better. And you could argue just as good as Kareem Hunt was while he was healthy this year. So I think Damian Williams at 5,100, when you look at who he's behind, including Mark Ingram at 5,200, Marlon Mack is 5,800. I know he had a huge game last week, but Damian Williams at 700 less seems like a huge bargain. So I like Williams here. I love Marlon Mack. I actually had him in my lineup last week, and I I, I just I was surprised at how good of a game he had. Obviously, I was surprised at, at the Colts in general. I, I did not think they were going to come out and put a whooping on the Texans like they did. I actually had the Texans winning and covering in that game, uh, which mm-hmm. I was very wrong about and very surprised with. But you know, the Chiefs are one of the worst teams in the NFL against the run. And I think Marlon Mack has found, you know, some the recipe for success in that backfield for the Colts. That Their offensive line's been excellent in the run game and the pass game. One of the best in the league in the pass game, to be exact. And I just, I think he has another big game. I think Andrew Luck will struggle a little bit more than he did last week. Uh, but, you know, he might have an opportunity to still have a, a solid game. I just, I just don't know if I'd spend the 6,200 on Luck in a game against these these Chiefs who have, uh, you know, obviously been inconsistent on the defensive side of the ball, but they still have a strong secondary, and uh, I think that could cause some fits for Luck, and I, it'll be interesting to see how it does shake out, but I really do like Mack a lot. Interesting. So you're kind of fading the Colts pass game essentially here, and last week you liked Eric Ebron too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know that you love T.Y. Hilton, and he had a huge game, especially a huge first half last week. I I, uh, I actually went the other way and took Hopkins, and you were right on that. So, you know, I, I've been proven wrong by this Colts team, especially toward the end of the season, and I'm starting to become a believer in them, but I feel like I'm starting to become a believer in them at the wrong time, which is why I'm I'm going <laughs> to stick with my, my gut on this one and, and stick with the Chiefs as the favorite. We need to talk about the Chiefs then because Travis Kelsey also at 7000 So he and Patrick Mahomes are, are the same price. Uh, Kelsey obviously well above some of the other options. Zach Ertz, 5700 That's 1300 more than Zach Ertz, 1500 more than Eric Ebron at 5500 Gronk at only 4600 And I know he has not looked the same. Obviously, that's the popular narrative, but he really looked rough uh, down the stretch. So any of those, I mean, does Kelsey catch your eye? Is he worth it at all? I think that's too much. I mean, I, I like Ebron on the other side, like I did a week ago. Obviously, had the touchdown. I, you know, the, the Chiefs are again not very good against tight ends, just like against running backs. So I think Ebron, you know, I think he has a better opportunity as a safer play uh, than than Travis Kelsey. I mean, Travis Kelsey's 
generally going to have you a big game, but at 7,000, when you can get Ebron for 1,500 less and he could have very Pretty similar nice. statistics, I just I just think you're going to get more value out of him. And then T.Y. Hilton, uh, you know, he's sitting there at, what did I see, 6,700, I think it was. Um, you know, that's, that's a call that, you know, if you're a believer yep. in luck and you think they're going to be playing from behind and still be able to put up points like I feel like you might be, uh, I think T.Y. <laughs> Hil- Hilton still has some good value there, but he's the third most expensive receiver uh, in, in only $700 below Tyreek Hill. Yeah, this is a strategy we haven't talked about too much on this show, but the idea in DFS of pairing opposing teams because of how you feel the game flow is going to go. So the idea of pairing, say, I mean, you're still going to take Mahomes with one of his receivers or Kelsey, but then you also on the other hand, like side, say, maybe T.Y. Hilton because you expect it to be a complete shootout. I, I think that that's an interesting strategy to take here, especially when you look down the list. I mean, I think Tyree Kill at 7,400 is just way too much. So when you have T.Y. Hilton at 6,700, you have Keenan Allen at 6,400, Amari Cooper 65, Julian Edelman in a PPR-type format for DraftKings at 63, Robert Woods 59. I mean, there's just no reason to ever go with Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, at that number, where I I would rather tie, like, Mahomes to Kelsey with that price if you're going to stack and then go with T.Y. Hilton. Or if you want to go in the other direction and fade you know, the KC passing game, assuming maybe it's cold in Kansas City, and just ride Damian Williams. I think that's another option. But I really think there's going to be a ton of points here. It's not a hot take. It's just, I mean, Vegas assumes that's going to be the case as well. So I like Ty, Ty, uh, T.Y. Hilton here. I, I think that he's going to get going. And, um, you know, the Chiefs just really haven't proven that they can slow down any opposing passing game, particularly deep passing games. Yeah, you're not wrong, and you're not alone in that thought process. I, I'm, I think I'm most excited about this game just as far as the offensive fireworks. I don't know if I'm most excited to this game because of the matchup, but I think that there's just going to be a lot of uh, points scored like we alluded to. So I, I like yep. the Chiefs. I like the over, even though that's that's the highest one of the weekend at 57. Um, but I think that, that that might be a nice parlay, that, that over and that, uh, that uh, line for Kansas City, if you could tease it a point or two. What about Dallas and L.A.? So the Rams, uh, you know, obviously one of the favorites in the NFC. It's either them or the Saints at this point, I think. But uh, the Cowboys, in another game that I got wrong, were able to hold off the Seahawks. They beat them by two. Uh, It was close. Uh, Both teams had an opportunity down the stretch. But I think the Cowboys surprised a lot of people. But Vegas still is not a believer that they can beat the Rams at home. Uh, And Dallas is a seven-point underdog here uh, going to L.A. Yeah, I, I think that this line is partially indicative of the fact that Cowboy fans have snapped up a ton of tickets in L.A. Uh, if you look at the prices right now, the resale market in L.A. is just absolutely insane. And a lot of that is because the Cowboys fans have just just destroyed the market. So expect this to be basically 50-50, if not the other way a little bit in Dallas's favor. And, uh, you know, I think that's indicated by the line. I don't think the Rams should be seven. I think at a true home field advantage, like, say, if they were the Saints at home, like, this would be eight and a half or nine. I think the Rams are far better than Dallas. I love the idea of teasing the Rams. I just don't see Dallas being a team that can get it going against Rams. Even if the crowd is into it for Dallas, even slightly, I, I still love the Rams. Uh, I think the over is interesting here. I know Dallas's defense is obviously a tough one to play against, but on the road, they're not quite the same. The Rams have a much better defense at home, but I, I still think that they'll probably give up some points, definitely some yards. Um, so I, but I love the Rams. I think that's my favorite line of the entire weekend is the Rams minus seven. And then if you tease that to minus one with the six point, uh, like a six point sweetheart teaser that I love that for the, for LA. 
You know, the one thing I was most wrong about in that Seattle-Dallas game was Zeke. I just I, he he went off, and I, I thought that Seattle would do a better job game planning towards Zeke, and he went off. He had 137 yards and a touchdown. He had a huge game for Dallas. What do you make of the L.A. Rams front in in the ability to stop Zeke in this game? Yeah, I mean, look, you've got the best pair of defensive tackles in the league, and Sue and Donald. I mean. Granted, they're not their strength is not really rushing defense, obviously, but Wade Phillips is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. He finds a way to take the best player of the opposing team out of it as much as he can. And with Akid Talib back, you know, they can leave their corners on islands and create a lot more run blitzes and kind of run heavy boxes and, and you know, just make Dak sort of try to beat them. And I just I think this matchup does not fare well. I mean, I, I Obviously, Zeke is amazing. He's going to get a million touches. Uh, you know, he's appropriately priced as the, the highest guy on the board this week at 8,200. But you think I would so? rather, more than I'd rather, I would rather, I mean, I think he's appropriately priced. I don't think it's a good deal, though. Okay. Like, I'd much rather go Gurley at 8,000, even though Gurley's banged up. And uh, Sean McVay came out this week and said that Gurley and Anderson are both going to get some burn. Anderson looked pretty good at the end of the season there. Um, but I, I think that's kind of smoke and mirrors. I still expect Gurley to get a ton of action, and I think they know that they're superior to the Cowboys and that they can win even without Gurley going for 100% of the touches. Outside of the running backs, DFS-wise, what do you have? I mean, obviously the quarterbacks in this one. Uh, you know, Goff was so inconsistent down the stretch, and you know his value here at 5,500 kind of shows that. And then you've got Dak Prescott at 5,200. I mean, between those guys and the receivers, is there anybody here that you like? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're trying to go with the running backs, if you want to try to go Gurley, maybe and Zeke or Gurley and, you know, maybe maybe uh, like Melvin Gordon. I mean, I don't love it, but if you wanted to do that, I think you could easily then pair Goff with Brandon Cooks as 5,600. And the Cowboys have been beat by deep receivers in the past. Um, you know, I, I, a couple guys got open for Seattle last week deep. I think that that's very, very interesting. Um, I... I uh, I think that, that that's what I would be looking at is Brandon Cooks. Robert Woods is 5,900, but Cooks at 5,600. It is a boomer bust play. He's not going to get you a ton of PPR points, but he could definitely break loose in that secondary at home a couple times. So I really like Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think Cooks at that value, um, you know, I think that's very attractive. Are you? Do you see a defense on this first day of either of these games that would be worth taking a shot on? Ooh, good question. Um I, you know, the Rams are the second most expensive defense, which is kind of a rarity to see. Um, I'd probably lean the Chiefs, if anything, just because, look, here's the thing. Yards don't matter, obviously, for defenses at all. They don't get you any points. Points matter, but what matters even more is a team that sacks and picks, right, and, and forces turnovers, whether it's fumbles or interceptions. I think that I could see a scenario where at Arrowhead, Andrew Luck gets kind of flustered. We've seen games where he's thrown the ball away a lot. And uh, I could see the Colts being in a position where they're down big and they have to throw the ball around a lot. So I like the Chiefs defense at 2,500. I, I mean, it's weird to say because uh, I think the Chiefs give up tons of points, but I could totally see a defensive touchdown for Kansas City. Do you like anyone else? I mean, Dallas is Dallas is 2,200. It's tough to pick them on the road against the Rams. So. You're going to hate this, but and I, I don't even know if I believe it at this point, but, <laughs> but just looking at what the Colts were able to do last week to a mobile wow. quarterback, I, I know it's a stretch, um, and I know Mahomes is not the same quarterback as Deshaun Watson, but I just couldn't believe 
how much running around Watson was doing in the backfield and how many hits he took in that game. And the one time teams have been able to give the Chiefs fits is when they've put pressure on Pat Mahomes. And you've seen it just a couple times this year. But when he gets flustered, he makes mistakes. And I think the Colts could be – it's such a low value. If you want to spend that money elsewhere, you know, you're taking a flyer because they're probably going to give up points. But if they could force a turnover or two or three and tr- and maybe get one of those into the end zone, you know, that could be a team where you get some good value. And I know you're going to hate that because the Chiefs' offense is so good. Um, but I, I just think the way they looked against Deshaun Watson and, you know, the similar style of quarterback he is to Pat Mahomes obviously doesn't have the arm that Mahomes does. But he has the same similar mobility. And, and like I said, when, when Mahomes has looked – beatable it's because there's been pressure on him so I I don't hate that if I'm going to spend that money elsewhere but the defenses are are close enough together from a cost standpoint that you know you're probably better off taking one of the others but if I'm taking a real flyer that's the one I would look at I mean I definitely can't get behind that but I the logic is sound in that look if you're going to punt you get 2100 as opposed to 3300 for the Saints but you could totally see a scenario where Nick Foles and that ends up being like an absolute shootout, which we'll get to. But in that scenario, I mean, there's not a $1,200 gulf between the Saint, what the Saints will do and what the Colts will do. And in that scenario, why not just save the 1200 and put it on somebody you actually like? So from that perspective, I think the logic is sound. I personally, obviously, I think the matchup is a disaster. But, it, you know, who knows? Matt Everflus has been amazing. What they've been able to do, you're right, on the road – in Houston, we both thought that Houston was going to put up a ton of points, and they just could not get it done. So, I, you know, they've this this defense is battle tested. They've played a lot of the best quarterbacks in the league this year and have held up just fine. So, I think that if you're just looking for kind of a safe-ish play, I think that the Colts and saving that money is not a terrible strategy. To be fair, I like the Rams more, even at even at the eight hundred dollars more or whatever it is. But uh... okay. But I, I just think if you're going to take a flyer somewhere on defense, that might be the place to do it in the whole weekend. Um, we've got two more games on Sunday. Uh, we want to tell you about our friends over at Auto Slash. They are also here sponsoring our show. And Anshu, we, we had pledged last show, uh, I think it was last show, might have been the show before, that we would both go on to Auto Slash and we would put in an, uh, a, a reservation for a car rental. And we both did it for the same reservation to Denver. We're going to be going there for our buddy Brad's bachelor party in April. And I, I, I got an email back within like, I think it was 15 or 20 minutes. And it had multiple deals ranging anywhere from $60 of savings to over $100 of savings for booking it through auto slash. I, I, you know, these are, these are huge saving numbers and obviously they're going to continue sending us deals. If, if they can beat those prices as this goes on as well, I know our competition was to see who got the better savings. Um, what were yours looking like when you got that email back? Ooh, I think you might have me slightly. Uh, I was going to point out that, you know, it kind of depends on the auto slash rating that you get. That's, this is an awesome feature of auto slash. They give you different ratings. They are totally honest with you. Uh, some of them are three stars, some four, some five, and they basically say straight up, listen, five stars means this is a top tier company. You're very likely to have a fast problem free experience. So that was something that I really appreciated. So I stuck with the good value. That's the four star. I'm not super picky, but I'm still feeling really good about that. And, uh, at that price, we, I'm looking at it as a hundred dollars, uh, saving. So feeling pretty good about that. Um, so maybe I did beat you. We'll see. I'm, we're going to keep this thing ride, riding out till, uh, 
week three, I think. But right now, I feel like I've got a good edge on you. I don't know. If I look at my – so I'm just looking at my top five right now, and I've got one through national that's a five-star that's saving me – and it's pretty much the same price as any of the other bookings. It's saving me about $120. So, wow. So I'm, right. I'm pretty surprised, me. but I think that obviously, you know, we're going to see how this plays out because we've got some time. But, you know, I, I can't tell you how simple the experience was to go on there and just fill out a couple of pieces of information. They asked you if you're a rewards member for any – I think there were a couple of airlines on there. They asked about what credit cards you used because they want to find you the most savings they possibly can. Uh, so if you're going to be renting a car anytime soon, there's no there's no other place to do it than Auto Slash, and and we're going to be using them for this. But I'm going to be using them every time I rent a car here going forward. Yeah, for sure. And I I applied my uh, credit card rewards, so I've got that program going. So Humble I'm brag. burning miles. Yes, <laughs> humble brag on me having a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, I really really love this already, and I'm really glad that they uh, enlisted us as being able to deliver, deliver their message. So definitely hit up auto slash and we'll keep this competition going through week three. It's that easy folks. Go to autoslash.com, plug in your information for where you're going and when you're going, and they will show you how much they can save you in a matter of minutes. All right, Anshu, let's get to Sunday. We've got two more games to get to. Uh, obviously these ones, both very competitive matchups. We've got the biggest line of the weekend in the latter game, but let's talk about chargers Patriots first. The Patriots are four-point favorites at home. I love this matchup. I think this has potential to be the best game of the weekend. This has the lowest over-under of the weekend at 47.5. Who do you like? Yeah, look, usually I steer away from underdogs that are very popular. The public is allegedly going hard on the Chargers. 61% of the public has, has of the tickets have gone to the chargers from what we see about a 60, 40 split. Um, generally not a great sign. Um, they're plus four. They've, they, that line is stuck there pretty much all week. And, uh, you know, the chargers obviously coming off that awesome win. Uh, definitely the darlings, I feel like of the entire playoffs. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people want to see Phil rivers do it. I know you do. Uh, I, and you know, the Patriots on the other hand, just seem like they're flying way under the radar Generally, when they're in this spot, they win. That's just a fact. Like against the spread, there's something like 10-0-2 uh, against the spread when they're coming off of – when they're getting less than the majority of the bets at home. So this is a tough call for me. Uh, I think I like the Chargers, though, plus four, at least to cover. Not sure if they win it outright, but I, I get the feeling that this is not the Patriots here. So I kind of like the Chargers. What are I, your thoughts? I, I like them so much that I I'm it, it almost – it's almost fool's gold for me where I think that they're not going to cover just because I like them so much too. I think if this line was two or one and a half or, or even two and a half, I think I'd, I'd probably go the Patriots if I'm, you know, if I'm betting on this one. Uh, but I, I really think the chargers are going to keep this game to a field goal or less at the end. And I just, I think you're going to see in this game, the first time where Tom Brady, and I could be proven so wrong because Brady's done that over the last few years, proven everybody wrong when they think he's aging and then he comes out and does what he did against Atlanta in that second half. But I really think that this is the Chargers kind of year and, and, and Phillip Rivers year. And I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't particularly like Phillip Rivers, but I just like the story of this Los Angeles Chargers team. I, I think they, they have the talent on both sides of the ball to upend the Patriots, and I just don't think the Patriots are the same team that they were a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. We talked about Gronk in the onset with the tight ends. You know, Gronk looks 
five steps slower, not just a step slower. He looks five steps slower than he has in years past. And obviously the whole debacle with Josh Gordon, you know, they haven't been able to figure out their running back situation because they've been fighting injuries all year. And Tom Brady just, he hasn't had the consistent rhythm we've become accustomed to from Tom Brady over the course of his career. So all of those things and the young talent that the Los Angeles Chargers have on the defensive side of the ball lean me that direction. So I'm going to stick with my gut, even though, you know, there's a devil on my shoulder telling me I should take the Patriots in this one. I'm still going to stick with the Chargers, and I'm going to say they cover the four. I think they're going to win it outright. I like the money line. I'm going to say it. Wow. I love that. That's that's bold. Uh, I'm I'm not with you on the money line. I'm very afraid that everyone being against the Patriots or thinking the Patriots are done is exactly the position they want to be in. Josh McDaniel's not going anywhere. Uh, I just feel like they are totally fully locked in and uh, having the buy helps. You know, the Chargers are a little banged up. Melvin Gordon again leaves the game against Baltimore. did come back, but, you know, he's not at anywhere near 100%. Uh, you know, I, I the one thing Bill Belichick always, always, always does is takes away one key weapon if there is one. And, you know. Who is that weapon for the Chargers, I, though? Because I, I feel like they have more people that can beat you. I think it's Keenan Allen. I mean, I really do. I think that when that situation happens, like if you take him out of the game, yes, you can go to Mike Williams or Tyrell Williams. And I think that Phil Rivers will have more uh, like a success against this defense than he did against Baltimore, obviously. But I think that you take Keenan Allen out of the game, it makes it very difficult. And Keenan Allen historically has had a tough time with the Patriots. If you look at his last few years. So I think that this is, it's, from a DFS perspective, I'm completely staying away from the Chargers in every way. Not because I don't think that they can pull it off, but I just don't want to run the risk. And I think there are plenty of other good options out there. Like I, you can easily fill your roster with the four teams we've already talked about. So, and I, I like the Patriots options more too. I, I do think that it's going to be a good game, a pretty high scoring game, but I just don't know who on the charges is going to get it done. This game is like a total black box for me, honestly. You kind of spoke to the point that I wanted to make about this game, and I'm not saying I'm going to take Phillip Rivers, but the fact that you you made the point that they're going to take Keenan Allen out of this game, which I don't disagree with, but I think back to that Chiefs game, I think it was a Sunday night game or it was one of the night night games where the mm-hmm. where where the, the, the Chargers didn't have Keenan Allen. I think he was injured at some point in that game. And Mike Williams came out and just went off. And I think the Chiefs. It was, against, it? it was against the Chiefs. I just can't remember if it was Sunday night or uh, Thursday. It was a Thursday night. Okay. Yeah. And, and Mike Williams just went off, and they end up winning that game uh, at the end by going for two. And again, go to Mike Williams. I think this could be the type of game where Williams has the opportunity to do something similar just because I think they have enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, you, you were, were very high on Antonio Gates a week ago. He ended up having a solid game. Obviously he's not the player he once was much like Gronk isn't the player he once was. I just think that the chargers have enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Whether you look at the running back position, whether you look at the uh, wide receiver position is Hunter Henry playing this week. I'm not sure, but yes, he uh, is. He's active. So that, you know, that could be, you know, that could be kind of fluky. He might, he might just be out there as a decoy, but regardless, he's one of the best tight ends in the league when he's healthy. And if he's healthy enough to get on the field, that's another weapon that they're adding to their arsenal that they haven't had all year. So I just think when you look at the weapons they have on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think the Patriots defense is scaring anybody at this point. Um, I think the Patriots will do enough offensively to keep it close, but I just, I'm talking myself into the chargers winning this game. 
Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. By the way, the career averages for Keenan Allen against the Patriots are three catches on four targets for 32 yards a game. So just an idea that it's they've basically focused on him in the past just just to keep it. Yeah, they haven't played this year, but it is kind of a thing that they've locked in on him. But that just means there's going to be more room for other guys. I think that Mike Williams becomes super interesting in DFS for that exact reason. I mean, he is down down the board at 4,700 uh, below Dontrell Inman, below Brandon Cooks, obviously, Alshon Jeffrey, Robert Woods. I mean, he's but he's like if you're you're going to have to fill out your lineup with some guys that aren't stars. And I think that Mike Williams is definitely one to look at because I'm not sure that the Patriots have a physical corner that can really hold him down if if they end up locking up Keenan Allen. So I and I, I want to say you brought up Gates. I you know, it's so hard to trust Gronk. But at forty six hundred, I mean, that seems like an incredible value when you're thinking about, you know, a thousand eleven hundred less than Zach Ertz, twenty four hundred less than Travis Kelsey. I mean, we know what Gronk's capable of. He's had a couple weeks off now, including basically the last week of the season. I mean, I, I just it's hard for me to think that Gronk isn't gonna do something here. Um You know who he's I, matched I, up against though. That's true. Your boy I I don't think that this that they're gonna play the same type of defense though against the Patriots because the Patriots are much more likely to run the ball between the tackles, they don't have a mobile quarterback. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that that's going to be quite what, uh, you know, it's not going to be the same as playing Lamar Jackson. So I, but you know, throwing James against, uh, against Gronk is definitely interesting. I love it. I, I can't wait for this game. I think this is the one I'm most looking forward to. I'm just kind of ready for the Patriots dynasty to end and maybe it won't be this year. And I, I'm not going to be upset if it doesn't, but I'm just kind of ready for it. And I think the chargers, you know, having Phillip rivers beat them and have it be his, his swan song, not that he's leaving the league at any point soon, but I, I just feels I think like I, it, 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 but it does kind of feel like it, and it kind of feels yeah. like this is the Chargers' year, uh, yep. you know, at least at least to get through New England. All right, last game of the weekend, the New Orleans Saints, a lot of people's favorite to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they're going to be taking on the Eagles, and we talked a little bit about the Eagles on the leftovers and the fact that they went on a, a missed or that now they're calling it a blocked field goal by Cody Parkey when he hit the upright to win the game. Uh, the Eagles sneak in to a matchup against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, one of the toughest places in the league to play, and the line shows it. They are eight-point underdogs. Can Nick Foles be the hero again on you, or is it game time for Philly? Oh, man. Well, Philly was not anywhere near up to the task against New Orleans a couple weeks ago when they played an absolute blowout. Some would say that the score was run up a little bit by New Orleans, but, boy, this New Orleans team, you want to talk about a team that feels like it's all or nothing. I think this, I know that, you know, not many people have said that they're not going to, you know, that this is it for them. But when Drew Brees is as old as he is and, you know, all the pieces are in place, they're so healthy. And they're, like you said, they're, they're basically the favorites to win it all. So it's really, really tough for me to imagine them not winning. That being said, I think that eight points for Philly to be laying or getting against anybody in the league. It seems like too much. I mean, we saw what they did against the bears last week. We saw what they did at LA earlier uh, in the Nick Foles era, Nick Foles first start uh, in the latter part of the season. And, you know, you got to maybe work in the fact that the saints might not be completely sharp. Um, I think that Philly is just a totally different team right now than what they were four or five weeks ago. So I actually really, really like Philly plus the eight and, um, we'll see about that total. The total being what around 51. I, I, 
that I'm not sure about, but I do like Philly plus eight. So the Saints aren't really sharp because of the bye, but the Patriots are going to benefit from it. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I no, I you don't can't have know. both. I'm saying I I don't know, but I do think that the plus eight is is nice. No, I, um, I, I I hear you. I agree. I mean, I I it is a lot, but I think this could be a blowout. I really do. I mean, the Eagles' defense looked very good the last quarter of the year, absolutely. But I think the Saints are out to 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 prove a lot, and I think they're on a mission, and I think they're going to make a statement. You saw Sean Payton come out with some comments. I think it was today or yesterday. Where he just said we have to go win three effing games. Uh, oh, with you know. a trophy. Yeah, he wheels so, a trophy in on 225k in cash. That's absurd. Did but, you see that? I didn't see the whole the whole kit and caboodle, <laughs> but I'll have to check it out after that. I just saw the I just saw the quote, and you know, Sean Payton is a guy who you know people had been down on after you know a few years back he wins the Super Bowl after Hurricane Katrina, and you know this Saints team. Kind of went away for a little while, and now they're they're back in in a big way. And I think that he wants to prove that this team is not a team that anybody wants to mess with at this point, whether it's the defending Super Bowl champions or anybody. And I just I, I think that that they can cover that eight points because of that mentality. And I think that Drew Brees to that same point we made with Philip Rivers. I mean, we don't know how many years Drew Brees has left, and he's playing his best football right now. And the Saints, I think the Saints to me of the teams that are left in the playoffs have the least likelihood of faltering and and laying an egg in the playoffs. I think there's a lot of teams that I could see losing. Like even the Chiefs. Obviously the Chiefs I think are one of, if not the favorite, one of the favorites out of the AFC. I, I still think I would be less surprised if the Chiefs went out there and laid an egg than if the Saints did. So I, I agree for, with that. For that reason, I, I'm sticking with the Saints. I, I I'd probably would have to tease that down a point or, or a point and a half if I can get that uh, from eight. Eight is a lot, but – you know, even at the eight, I, I still think they can cover it, and I, I I probably would lean toward taking the over as well at fifty one. Um, what about DFS? I mean, Kamara's the one of the most expensive running backs. Is there anybody else you know on a DFS level that you like a lot? I just I don't really like Kamara here. I I think that he's too expensive. To your point. I would rather if I'm spending my money on a Saint. I'm Michael Thomas, even though he is the most expensive guy, and we've seen some up and down stuff out of him, especially down the stretch. I mean, I feel like Michael Thomas against that secondary. I know the Bears just did not have the horses to get it done against them. I think that the Saints will, um, and I I really like the Saints to put up a bunch of points. Um, you know, I, I I think that Breeze and Thomas are a, a, a great stack at home. Um, you know, I I'm I'm staying away from those running backs, but I think that those two guys are what I would be eyeing up. And then I think like our earlier point about you know, Chiefs, uh, Colts, where you stack against the other team. I think that maybe a Breeze, Thomas, Alshon, Jeffrey stack would be interesting here also. I don't hate that. I like, I actually like New Orleans D. Um, I think yeah. that, you know, they're, they're, they play their best football at home on the defensive side of the ball. And I think with Nick Foles, you just don't know what you're going to get. I think New Orleans D has the best opportunity to put up a big point total. Uh, oh, yeah. So regardless of what they cost, I like them. And I, I, I wanted to ask you, do you like Drew Brees and Thomas better than Mahomes and Hill? Well, is that I? yeah, I guess that would be about the same amount. In fact, I think it would be more for the Saints duo. I would rather do Mahomes and Kelsey, I think, than Mahomes and Hill and, and again, keep the 400. But I – I think Breeze Thomas does more. Um, so that would be my lean. I, it's so hard because Mahomes can do so much. And, and, you know, here's the issue with the Saints is sometimes they get in close and then they use Taysom Hill or do some crazy bullshit, you know, like where they start 
you know, running with other players or Josh Hill ends up scoring a touchdown or whoever. Right. So, um, you know, they, they scare me in that way. Just if you're, if you're looking at touchdown dependence, where, you know that Mahomes is going to put up a ton of touchdowns. And um, even if Damon, Damian Williams gets going a lot of times, some of those are going to be receiving. So I guess, you know, I'm going to go, I've gone back and forth. I think that Mahomes is who I would want more, um, preferably with Kelsey and then save the 400 for something else. I like it. Let's touch on just a couple futures bets here. I'm looking at Bet Online's NFL futures for odds to win the Super Bowl. I think we should at least touch on this every round. Uh, you've got... The Saints at plus 250, Chiefs at plus 400, Rams at plus 450, then the Patriots rounding out the top four at plus 600, the Cowboys and Eagles at the bottom two. Uh, is there anybody that you see maybe dropping a couple shekels on here to get some value out of? Yeah, yeah. so I came into this and I bet on the Chiefs uh, just because I thought that they had the cleanest road to the to the Super Bowl. Um, but the more I think about it, the less I love that because I think that the Chargers – like you said, the way they looked and the way the Colts look too. I just don't think that either of those two games are super easy ones for them. I love the Rams for that. I think that the Cowboys are clearly the worst team left in my opinion, um, especially having to play two games on the road. And I, I, uh, that, that's the way I would go. I would go with the Rams. Um, and then, you know, again, we've talked about it as investing. You can invest a bunch in it and then hedge it down the line. And I think that that, that team specifically is one that you could hedge back because of the value that you're getting. I like it. I like where you're at with that. I, one other one, player futures. We've got uh, – we talked a little bit about the offensive rookie of the year. That line's moved a little bit. So Saquon Barkley's at minus 140 and Baker Mayfield's at plus 100. I know you thought Baker maybe made a pled a case for this toward the end of the year. Saquon's now the odds-on favorite, uh, and it's moved a little bit in his favor. Do you think that Barkley ends up getting it, or do you think Baker did enough to get there? Oh man. It, so I would vote for Barkley probably just because of his numbers and the fact that he was in every game, but you know, usually those lines move because of certain people saying certain things and not that anyone knows what the actual vote is yet, but generally we know who votes for these awards and they probably talk and you know, they impact the line. So it's not like, it's not like betting on the futures, right? Or like on betting on uh, like a game that hasn't happened yet. A lot of this is informed by people who are already voting. So um, the fact that it's moved makes me, it, it moved. I'm trying to remember this. Baker was a bigger underdog, wasn't he before? Yeah. I think it's yeah. moved. It's, it's moved closer for both. I, I think, well, it might not have moved that much for um, Saquon, but it definitely moved closer so that th- there's definitely yeah. some speculation as to whether or not it's a, it's a shoe in for Saquon. I would probably bet on Baker. Not that I, I think he necessarily should win. I I think if they could have figured it out, they if they could figure it out, they'd love to make them co MVPs, but I now think it's gonna be Baker. Okay. All right, Anshu, we've got uh, not wild card divisional weekend in front of us. We're gonna talk uh, more NFL and some NBA on our next show, but was there anything else you wanted to tell our listeners before we let them get back to their Thursday? No, sir. I think it's going to be awesome. Enjoy it. This is the last time we'll have more than two games till Jesus, till like September. So enjoy it. Absolutely. Our time has come to an end. For Anshu Kana, I'm Josh Dunn. This has been the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour.